we're on a series called the 10, the 10. And, and the series is a, is a series about the 10 commandments, but with a twist, we're doing it in reverse. We're doing it in reverse. And, um, and, and years ago, before, years ago, before I became a senior pastor, I was a youth pastor. And uh, quite often as a youth pastor, I'll get questions from some of the young people coming along to youth group. And, and sometimes they'll be, I remember this young man coming up to me, he goes, oh, like, if I'm not married, if I'm not married, how intimate can I get with my girlfriend? Right? That's what every young man wants to know. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so what he was asking me was, is like, how, how, how close can I get without sinning? Is what he's saying, you know? So I said, look, so my, my standard answer was, just do whatever you want to do that you're comfortable to do in front of her parents, right? In front of her mum. However, like, you know, and, but as the years have gone by, and I remember sharing this to our youth leaders, and then um, I moved on, and now, now our youth leaders try to use that same line, and it kind of backfired. Because one of the youth members um, challenged it, and, and they must have they did something in front of them, the, the mum. And I was thinking, they came back, they like, what? Because, oh my gosh, if I did that in front of my mum, I wouldn't be alive today. Let me tell you that. There's different, different moments. And so, so here we go. Number 10, do not covet. Number 9, do not testify falsely. Number 8, do not steal. And number 7 is do not commit adultery. Exodus 20 verse 14, you shall not commit adultery. So God says no to adultery because adultery is a sin against marriage. God says no to adultery because adultery is a sin against marriage. And, and so this message is, a, is for everyone in this room, whether you're married or not married, whether you tend to get married or don't tend to get married, is that we, everyone in this room knows someone who is married. So, everyone, um, so we, we all know someone. And, so we, and everyone in this room is affected by someone when something goes wrong in a marriage. Whether you're married or not, we all feel the repercussions of what happens when something goes wrong in a marriage. I mean, I've never met anyone who has committed adultery and not lived to regret it. Because adultery, even when it's forgiven, it leaves very, very deep scars. See, marriage is about giving. Adultery is about taking. Adultery denies love, it degrades people, it destroys families, it destroys marriages, and it defiles God. I mean, what's really interesting is that studies, studies show us that that the rise of crime and the depravity within the Western world, when we look at the rise of crime, the rise of youth crime, and the, and, the, and the rise of depravity within the Western world from the 1960s all the way today, when we look at the studies, there's, there's this correlation that's tied together with that. And the correlation is, is, is that it's, what it's tied to is the rise of single-parent homes from the 1960s to today. But when you, when you begin to have a look at the rise, it, it's in the same with the rise of single-parent homes. What do we find in these single-parent homes? We find boys looking for respect and, and looking for security and what it means to be a man in the hands of gangs. And what do we also find? We find young girls that give sex to get love, and, and a lot of boys are giving love so they can get sex. So if we want to see the crime rate, um, if we want to see the crime rate to come down, if we want, if we want to see sexual prom promiscuity to come down, then we've got to do all that we can to support and strengthen and protect the nuclear family of a husband and a wife. See, the sin of adultery is an attack against marriage and it's an attack against families. Well, according to the Bible, any kind of sex, any kind of sex, 
any kind of sex that's outside the protection of, of, of marriage between one man and one woman is a sin. And w- when I say that, it's, these are the very words of Jesus. Jesus defines what marriage is. Marriage is between one man and one woman. Jesus defines that. And any sex outside of that protection of marriage is considered sin. So why is marriage so important to God? Now, to understand that, we have to go back and understand the first marriage in the Bible. And, we, and it's way back in the Bible when God creates and we've got Adam. In Hebrew, it's Ha-Adam, means the Adam. And, it's, and the, this word Ha-Adam or Adam, it literally means humanity. That's what Adam means. It means, means a human being. It means a human, hu, hu, uh, uh, the human race. That's what Adam means. Ha-Adam means humanity. So when God creates in Genesis, he commands humanity to go forth and multiply. That's what he commands. Now there's a problem, right? Because now you've got this helpless guy who can't fulfill what God has called him to do. So what does God do? In Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, and it says, And then, then Yahweh our Elohim said, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. It is not good for humanity to be alone. A human can't do what I've called him to do. So I will make an Aza for him. I will make a companion for him who corresponds to him, right? And I, I love this translation. It's the New English translation. And because and, 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 this word, Aza, it's quite nuanced. And most English translations will use the word helper, right? And I will make a helper for him that corresponds to him. And, and helper, it's, it's, it's an okay translation, but it doesn't help us. Okay? Because this word helper or help, it gets us into this kind of assistant role, like here I am. And I need an assistant. You're my assistant. Well, the, the word Aza is a lot more nuanced than that. When we, when we, when we, if you, anyone can do this, all you need is a Bible concordance. When we begin to look up the word Aza in Scripture, what we'll find is over 90 times in the Old Testament, we find the word Aza used. And half of that time, it's used where God is Israel's Aza. It's used of God. God's the Aza to Israel. And the other half of the time, it's, it's referred to a military ally military ally. So if you're in a battle and you're about to be stomped on, you're going to need an Aza to come to your aid. You're going to need an Aza. So the word ally is a far better description of what this word Aza is. So an Aza, so my wife is my Aza. She is my ally. And when I'm in trouble, she comes to my help and she rescues me. And and this is as God rescues Israel. She's the one that comes on my side. She is what I am lacking in and I am what she is like, and we're a team. And this is what this word Aza means, is that we are each other's allies. So God creates this delivering ally because without this ally, we're in trouble, right? So, and that's the woman's vocation, to be an ally to the man so that together we can accomplish our God-given responsibilities as his image. Ruling and subduing, guarding and keeping, we're meant to be a team. And this is where we're in that, and this is what this ally is. So what, what does God do? He puts, he puts humanity into this deep sleep. He, he puts Ha-Adam into a deep sleep. And, and he removes from Ha-Adam, he removes, and you know, most scripture says rib, right? But it's, in Hebrew, it's actually not a rib. And in and, and Hebrew, it's, it's a word that means side, like, a, like it's the side of, uh, the side, I'm gonna t- it's the side, I'm taking this side, I'm removing this side. It's this, the side, like a side of a building. So, Yahweh, Yahweh Elohim, he caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was asleep, he took part of the man's side, which is why I love this uh, New English translation. They actually use the Hebrew words. 
and, and it took the, the man's side and he closed up the place with flesh. Then Yahweh Elohim made, made a woman, made a woman, in fact, in Hebrew is the word build, he builds a woman. He molds the man and he builds the woman. And, he, um, and so the, the Yahweh Elohim made woman from the part that he had taken out of, out of, out of Adam, out of the man, and he brought her to the man in this word ish. Now this text is very suggestive, and I love to joke about this. Is that where so Adam? So God puts Adam in a deep sleep, and He splits the Adam, right? And it's it's a, it's this, and, and it splits the Adam because this is this is what the text is suggesting that you've got humanity right here, and he's and he and he and humanity can't fulfill its 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 God given calling. So what does God do? He creates an Azar by by splitting the heart down down the middle, down the center. This is what it's suggesting, and He creates Ish and Isha, creates male and female. And so from there, he creates male and female. Then, then what he does, he, he creates the one and he, and he forms two from the one and he brings the two back together to make one again. Creates the one, creates, and he makes two from the one and he brings them together as one again. And this is the picture, and he, um, this is the picture of marriage in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. It says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife. Okay, this is the marriage. And they shall become one flesh. One flesh. One flesh. You got that picture? I want to show that picture up. There we go. This is, you know, it's amazing what you can do on PowerPoint. I'm like moving arrows around. Anyway, I'm quite proud of this, actually. <laughs> so I thought I did a good job. But anyway, take some photos of that. I don't think that anyway. Anyways. And so, and this is important. This is why the Bible emphasizes that marriage is between one man and one woman. Because it's the two sides fitting perfectly Perfectly together to make one. Uh, perfectly together. They, they come together as one, one flesh. You can't have two of the same sides coming together. They don't fit. It has to be two. It is two of the, of the each of, of, of the ish and the isha. It's the male and the female coming together and they're becoming one again. And this is God's plan. God creates the one. And he, from the one, he makes the two. And he brings the two together in marriage. The, one man and one woman. And, and and, and this is the Bible's version of, this is, this is the Bible, this is what the Bible says, what a biblical family is. This is what it is. This is what it means to be the image of God coming together. So the enemy of God seeks to destroy the image by destroying the family. That's what the image of God. So right, even right to today, the, the, the family is under attack. The image is under attack. The image of God is under, what it means to be an image of God is under attack. And, and that's exactly what the snake does in the Garden of Eden. He deceives the male and female. He deceives the ish and the isha. And, and, they, and because of all that humanity, they fall. And as a result, Genesis chapter 3, verse 16 says this, To the woman, he says, I will greatly increase your labor pains, and with your pains you will give birth to children. It's really, it's a, what's an interesting fact about this, up until this point, Eve had never given birth and had her give birth. What do you mean by that? Oh, you'll find out soon. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but this is important. This is important. And then what it says next, and this is the result of the fall. This is the result of the fall. You will want to control your husband. You will want, so Eve, you will want to control your husband, but he will dominate, dominate you. You will want to control your husband, but he will dominate you. Now, now in the, this word control here, and in fact, most translations will use the word, this word, this, this word desire, because that's the, actually what it means, desire, um, to dominate you. But this phrase here, if you're familiar with what's called design patterns in the Bible, these, if you look carefully, there's all these design patterns in the Bible. This phrase is repeated again in the next chapter, um, in, chapter in, in Genesis chapter 4, 7. And it's the phrase where, where sin, is crouching at your, sin, sin is crouching at your door. And, 
and it, it desires to dominate you. It's the exact same phrase. It's, it's a design pattern put back in there. So reading this back into the text, the des- desire here means to control. It means to control. And this is the result of the four of, of this whole thing where, where you'll want to control your husband, but he will dominate you. So instead of being an azer, instead of being an ally for one another, we find struggle and we find conflict between the man and the woman, right? And, and the four distorted mutuality by turning women against men and men against women. And we're seeing that today. We're seeing that. And so oneness became otherness. Oneness became otherness. So right from the beginning, marriage has been under attack. The family unit has been under attack and it's still under attack today, right? What does it mean to be a family? Well, you know what? You, you know, if you don't need him, you can do it all on your own. Just marry the government. You don't need him. You don't need his money. Just marry the government. You don't need to support them. The government can do it. Oh, y'all don't need to support them. Right? We're under attack. What it means to be, what, what does this family unit look like? And, and we've and we got two, two, this, uh, the, two sides that are the same trying to be a family. And, and this is not what, the way God brought us together and what it meant to be. Right? Because a wife, your husband is your ally. Husband, your wife is your ally. You're not meant to be pitted against each other in conflict. In conflict but to come alongside each other as one. This is who we are. So what better way to pull a husband or wife apart than through sexual sin? Sexual sin can make you a liar and a secret keeper for life. Sexual sin can make you a liar and a secret keeper for life, unlike anything else. Regardless whether you're married or not, if you've got sexual sin in your life, it will make you a secret keeper in life because you'll admit anything. You'll you admit all sorts of things about your past. You'll you'll admit your bankruptcy. You'll 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 admit stuff like I went to jail. You'll admit all sorts of things about your past. But to the most important person in your life, you know, you know, I've got a secret, and I'm too ashamed to tell you because of what you may think about me. Because sexual sin can make you a liar and a secret keeper for life. So, what are some ways to strengthen a a floundering relationship or even encourage a healthy one? Here we go. Focus on your spouse's strengths rather than, rather than their weaknesses. Focus on your spouse's strengths rather than your weaknesses because you are their ally. This word ally, you, you are the Aza. We're an Aza to each other. And what that means is that we are what each other are lacking. Like, like I said, like Poro is, is what I am lacking and, and I am what she is lacking. Well, I hope I am anyway, right? And so which means I need to focus on her strengths. Not on her weaknesses. This is why I'm here. I'm here to support what we focus on on weaknesses on someone and goes, oh my gosh, I wish you were more like, wish you were more like me. Actually, no, that's you. That's, that's, why you're, that's why you're together, right? You know, so there's me. Sometimes like I'm pulling all the groceries out of the car. I'm trying to get everything, you know, I'm trying to get door in one go. You know, any guy know what I'm, you know, what I'm talking about? Trying to get everything in one go, balancing the eggs on my head. Like, you know, just I'm struggling like in there. And then Portal like, looks at me and she goes, wow, look at those muscles. As soon as she, she sees it, I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah, come on. Like, you know, she's focusing on my strength. And here's the thing. When you focus on each other's strength, you watch your, your Aza come to life. But it's when we focus on each other's weaknesses. When we, we get into conflict with one another. Here we go. I'm looking for where? where, where, where here we go. What's, what's really interesting is the greatest need for a woman is unconditional love. And the greatest need for a man is respect. And this is the way God made us. The greatest need for, for man is respect. 
and the greatest need for a woman is unconditional love. So we've got to be careful not to fall into the trap by saying, well, well, I'll only give you respect if you earn it. Well, I'll only give you love if you earn it, right? Because if she does not get the love that she craves, if he doesn't get the respect that he craves, then we begin to look for it in other places. And it's not necessary in the arms of someone else, right? Because sometimes they seem happier or they come alive when they're with everyone else than they are when they're at home. They, they want to spend more time at work or at their, or at their sports club or, or, or at church. Then when they come home, when they're home, they seem kind of like, like they don't look, even look happy to be at home. And that's because, because they're, they're finding the love or the respect in those relationships where we're meant to be each other's allies. Where, where we're meant, to, where we're meant to, to model God's character to one another. And what is, what, what's that? It's grace. It's undeserved free gift, which means they don't need to earn my love. They don't need to earn my respect. See, the goal of marriage is not just to be happy. It's not just to be happy. The goal of marriage is to pursue God together. That's the goal of marriage, is to pursue God together and, and spiritual intimacy with one another so that together we can accomplish our God-given responsibilities as His image, ruling and subduing and, and guarding and keeping. We're meant to be a team. That's what we're meant to do. See, if happiness is our primary goal, then we'll get a divorce as soon as, as, as happiness seems to fade. Or if, receive, if, if, if receiving love and respect is our primary goal, then we'll dump our spouse as soon as they seem to be less loving or less respectful. But if we marry for the glory of God to model his love and commitment to our children and to reveal his witness to the world, then divorce makes no sense. Because marriage takes work. It takes, that's what love is. It, it's, love is unconditional love means, it, means it, it's, it's, it's sacrifice. It means someone laying down his life for his brother. No greater love than laying down your life. It's like, oh, I'm not happy, so I'm not going to lay down my life. If Jesus, imagine Jesus, well, I'm not really happy with these people. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm not dying for these guys. I'm just not happy, right? That's not, but this is what love is. So here's the thing. When my wife forgives me and when she accepts me, I learn to receive God's forgiveness and acceptance as well because in that moment, she's modeling, she's modeling to me and revealing to me God's mercy. She, and it's helping me to, to see with my own eyes the very real spiritual reality. See, and here's the thing, the greatest gift that you can give your children is not the Xbox. The greatest gift you can give your children is not a car or something, uh, or something practical. The greatest gift that you can give your kids is to love one another. And the greatest fear of your children is that, uh, that uh, their love will stop within your family. The greatest gift you can give each other is to love one another to love with unconditionally through thick and thin. And when you begin to love one another, if you, if husband, you begin to love your wife, and wife, you begin to love, and when you love each other so through thick and thin that your kids will be going, well, you know, one day I, I want to I, I have a marriage just like mom and dad, who, who stay together through thick and thin, who model to me God's love, and I want a relationship with Jesus just like that. And maybe, you, 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 you know, you're in your second marriage um, or your third marriage, but it's still the same. It's continue to love like, like I I praise God for my um for the way because I was raised in a single parent home, but not once did my my grandmother ever say a bad word about my dad, and he only spoke all good things about my dad. It wasn't until later on when I became an adult I I, re I found out the reason why my my dad didn't marry my mum because my grandmother refused it because my grandmother didn't like my dad. In fact, many of them, but when they tell me the story, they say your grandmother 
you know, and go, you know, you might think she's all holy, but she hated your dad. And I was going, did you say that about my grandmother? <laughs> but, you know, not once did she ever, ever force that upon me. And, and because of that, you know, and, and this is what we've got to do, and especially us, and, and we've got these, we, we have got broken relationships, is that, we, 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 um, is that we've got to continue to love your kid's mum, even you're not together again. And not to enforce on them like, oh, they're just this, they're just that. We've got to come. If you want to give your kids a gift, still love their mom, still love their dad, even if you're not together again. That's the gift you give to your kids. Now, <clears throat> for those who, are, who aren't married, and, and maybe you'll want to, and this is probably why you sat through all of this. Maybe you're here, and you're like, well, you know, that's cool, and I'll make sure I tick those boxes off. Okay, so if you want to get married, look for godly character okay <laughs> yeah okay what does that look like marry a person who loves god more than they do you to get that love a person uh, marry a person who loves god more than you why is that important because when you marry a person who loves god more than you the byproduct of loving god is unconditional love to those around us and we're going to keep that's that's the beginning of your relationship as god is in the center you you love god of all my heart of all my of all my strength, and you and you can't help but be loving around you. Is that and, and so, so number one, marry some godly character who loves God more than they do you. And if you're courting a potential someone, early on in a relationship, share your flaws. Early on in that courting process, share your flaws because this is what we do. We share the tip of the iceberg, right? Where's where's the where's the most mass of the of the iceberg? It's below the water. It's the places we don't see. That's the mess. So we share all the good bits, and that's just the tip. Because the real us, we're below it. And we don't want anyone to see that. And it's not until we, the, and the relationship gets so deep, or you're even married, you discover things about one another that you didn't know, and think, why did I marry? You know? And so, so, so share your flaws. Because here's the thing. If you share your flaws right off the, whatever you're struggling with, whatever, if you're going to, maybe you're here, and, you, and, and, uh, and, like, and, and if, if you struggle with pornography, and you're dating someone, Begin to say, look, I, I, I want to be honest. I am struggling in this area, but I'm trying to do something about it. You know, if they run, they go, oh my gosh, this guy's weird. I'm out of here. You know, but, but if they run, then they weren't meant to be for you. But if they go, you know what? Well, thank you for telling me. Look, what can I do to help you? What are, they, what are they now reflecting? They're reflecting to be your ally. They become your ally, your, your Asa. If you do that in the beginning of your relationship, you want, you want to safeguard your marriage? From, from an affair, do it early. Do it right here early. And, and uh, let them be your ally. If they run, they're not meant to be for you. Right? But they're your ally. They come alongside you as a team. And you're there for And then hopefully, if you share, then they'll share something. And then together, we'll work together as a team. Because sexual sin can make you a liar and a secret keeper for life. So maybe you're here and like, well, I... Well, we're already in the relationship now, and like you know, maybe I have got some stuff there. And what what do I do now? Well, here in closing, I just want to share this as as we close. And like, how do we affair proof our marriage? Number one, be a prayer warrior for your family. Be a prayer like I I actually believe this is the number one thing you can do to affair proof your relationship. The number one thing. This is a daily thing you need to do. And and when you pray for so if you're praying for your wife. This is what you don't pray. So, Lord, I just pray that she's more loving. I pray that she's less stubborn. I pray, Lord, that she's, um, she's, not, she's not more 
Oh, it's bossy or something. This one saying bossy. Oh, hey, my friend, she's less this. Don't pray that. Don't pray that. This is what you, if you if you're struggling in your relationship right now, maybe maybe you're you're finding yourselves a bit distant. This is what you need to pray, Lord. I pray that uh, I pray that um that that may I love my wife like she's never been loved before. That's the kind of prayer you need to pray daily. I want to, oh Lord, I, I I I pray for me. I pray for me to change. I pray that I, I I'm 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 more that that she will experience, experience love like she never experienced before. You pray this daily in your life, then you find your relationship change. You want to fear proof your relationships? Begin with prayer. Begin to pray for your kids. Don't just pray for your kids like, Lord, I just pray for, um, for little Tommy. And, uh, and like, Lord, I just, you know, he's, he's struggling in this area. Just begin to declare because guess what? Your children is also God's children. Say, Lord, I'm praying for your child, Tommy. I'm praying for your child, Tommy. Declare it that they belong to God too. And if they belong to God, God, you need to look after your children. Just thought I'd remind you, Lord. So that's number one. Be a prayer warrior for your family. Number two, avoid traveling and private messaging or eating alone with a problematic person. Okay? Avoid traveling or private messaging, DMs and all those kind of things, uh, or eating alone with problematic people. Who are problematic people? Well, they're the people that you may be attracted to or they're they're the, they're, the, they're the out of bounds people that you should not be, whether you're married or not. Maybe if you, maybe you're like, you're not married, right? And, but there's, there's, there's someone who is married and you sense there's attraction. Well, here you go. That's for you too. Avoid traveling, private messaging, or eating alone with pro problematic people. So who are those problematic people? Well, you already know. I don't need to tell you. You already know. Number three, don't keep secrets from the most important person in your life. Don't keep secrets. When you find yourself thinking about keeping a secret, that should ding your conscience. Like, what's going on? So remember, you are each other's allies. Number four, don't counsel members of the opposite sex. It sounds obvious, but how often do I find people falling into trouble in this area? Don't counsel members of the opposite sex. Besides, you're not a counselor. And, and, and you give terrible advice anyway. Many of us think we give good advice. We, we don't. You know, they, they may need help. They don't need you. Get them the right help. Number five, tell somebody when your desire is drifting. Tell somebody. When you feel your heart or your, your desire drifting towards a specific person, that, 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 that's the, the problematic person or, or an out-of-balance person, that's when you need to tell someone. And, and here's why. Because oftentimes speaking it diffuses the issues, diffuses it. And, and this is why, we, we, this is why James says in, in James 5, right? You, we, conf we confess our sins to, to be forgiven, we confess to God. To be forgiven, we confess to God. But we confess to one another, so what? That we can be healed. That's why we can't keep, if you feel you need to tell somebody, so that you can be healed and now have got someone holding you accountable. When you begin to do that, you watch you, your, your life begins to change in that area. And so those are the, those are the five areas how to affair proof our marriage. Why is there only five? Because I only could fit five on there. Um, <laughs> Be a prayer warrior for your family. Number one, you've got to pray this daily. May I love my wife like she's never been loved before. May I love my husband like, like if you, especially if you're angry at one another, pray that. Like, I'm really angry at him. I just want to, just want to. And then begin praying. Lord, I just pray that may I love my husband like he's never, not that I'm saying that or anything. I'm like, why am I standing here? No, it's just, you know. Be a pre-warrior for your family. Avoid traveling and private messaging or eating alone with problematic people. Don't keep secrets from the most important person in your life. 
Don't counsel members of the opposite sex. Remember, you give bad advice. Tell nobody. Tell somebody when your desires is drifting. See, God is not against sex. I mean, he created it. It's a gift. But with great gifts comes great responsibilities. God created this gift within the protection of marriage, bringing the two to make one, creating us to be an Aza, our greatest allies for one another. That's why God says you shall not commit adultery because it is an attack of what God has created to be sacred. God loves you so much to keep his mouth shut. Sexual sin can make you a liar and a secret keeper for life. Come on, let us pray.